0: Are you struggling as a parent, or is your child struggling and you're just not sure what to do? They might be struggling with something emotional, like depression, anxiety, loneliness, cutting, or getting bullied. It's hard for us as parents to know what to do. Well, welcome to the Dr. Todd Talks podcast. I've worked with over 10,000 families from all over the world. I've worked with celebrities, I've worked with royalty, and I've worked with normal families like you and I we all just want to have happy, resilient kids. How do you do that when your child gets a little bit off track? Well, if you're a parent struggling right now and you feel like you're at the end of your rope and just not sure what to do, then listen to my stories of connection where I'm going to share hope and relief and strategies on how to create happy, resilient kids. Let's get started. have been hurting themselves for as long as there have been kids. I mean, when I was a kid, I used to think it was a great idea to get on my bike, go flying down a hill as fast as I could go, and then jump off of a four-foot ramp and see how far I could fly in the air. And then one day I broke my leg. I mean, I hurt myself so often growing up that I used to wonder when I would next hurt myself. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Kids today will deliberately hurt themselves. And and this seems like an odd concept for a lot of us adults, a lot of us parents. We don't understand why someone would want to harm themselves. And they do it in a variety of ways. We call it self-harming. The most common is cutting. And it's become such a common problem that Probably most people listening to this today have heard of it or know somebody that does it. But kids will harm themselves in other ways. Some kids will pull their hair out. Some kids will hit themselves. Sometimes they'll burn themselves or scratch themselves. But cutting is definitely the most common. And usually, when you see somebody who's been cutting on themselves, you will usually see the marks on their wrists. Sometimes they cut in other spots. I actually think it's a little bit more of a serious problem when you, when you see cutting in other body parts where they're actually trying to hide it. Um, so for example, when you see somebody cutting on their stomach or when you see somebody cutting on their thighs, um, the wrist is definitely the most common um, and we do see it a lot nowadays with our children and teenagers, and and even adults will do this. It's been around forever, but I would say it's become, at least in my experience, it's become a much more prevalent problem in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. And, um, you know, for a while, I don't think it's the case now as much as it was before. For a while there, it had become kind of popular almost. There was a period of time where... Lots of kids were cutting and and many kids were sort of copying their peers who were cutting and it became this uh, sort of popular thing to do. And for a lot of those kids, they're doing it for attention. But I would say nowadays, the majority of people who cut or who self-harm, it's actually a serious problem and it's definitely not something we want to ignore. Now... You can be sure that cutting is really done for one primary reason and that is because they just don't know how to deal with some kind of underlying pain, usually some kind of emotional pain. So they're dealing with feelings that seem too difficult to bear or they're dealing with a situation that they just think they can't change. Very often it's trauma. Uh, When I am working with an adolescent who cuts themselves. I automatically wonder if there's some trauma, and I would say the large majority of the time there there is some kind of trauma. And it can be, you know, big trauma, it could be like ongoing sex abuse, physical abuse, but it can be other kinds of traumas too. I mean, there's so many things that our kids are dealing with nowadays. It could be you know, being uh, cut out of their peer group, or it could be really struggling in school, or it could be sibling sibling trauma is a common thing now. It's been common for a long time. But, um, you know, getting bullied by their siblings. But regardless of why they're doing it, they just don't know how to deal with the pain. That, and so what the kids will do is they will cause themselves physical pain. A lot of kids have told me that that physical pain actually distracts them from the emotional pain. So it actually acts as a sort of temporary relief. Now, we also know that cutting can turn into an addiction. I've seen a lot of kids... In fact, just the other day I saw a boy, um, and he described his cutting... These are his words. He described it as an addiction. He's, he had been cutting and using drugs, primarily marijuana... For such a for I don't know three or four years, and in his words, cutting and marijuana were his only coping skills. Now, quick side note: um, the problem when we use substances or cutting or anything else as a coping skill. Let's just use drugs for example. So when kids get high because they don't want to, you know, they want to distract themselves from anxiety or. You know, whatever, some kind of pain. Um, what happens is that they never end up developing healthy coping skills. And so, for example, if a young boy starts using drugs at 14 and he uses this as a coping skill, and then I see him by the time he's 18, he's had four years of being unable to develop healthy coping skills with life. And so. Those kids, when I see them at 18, they're actually emotionally the age of a 14 year old. They don't have any emotional maturity, they don't have coping skills, and so actually, that's one of my really big concerns with kids that use substances, besides how it can hurt their brains, and it definitely does. One of my big concerns with substances is that it keeps them from developing coping skills that they need in life. And so I'll see older kids who don't have coping skills, and then I'll see the young adults, or I'll see the adults, and because they've been using unhealthy ways to deal with their feelings for so long, they have no ability to do it in a healthy way. Now, for this boy, like this boy I told you about that I saw the other day, he actually had cut a lot. And like I said, he described cutting as an addiction for him. And I think... um, I think sometimes, you know, a lot of people will tell me they get sort of a euphoric reaction, a dopamine response when they cut. And he definitely described it that way. Um, if you look at this kid's backstory, he's actually a great kid. Um, he comes from an awesome home. Um, parents are lovely. Siblings are fantastic. They're, they're kind of a high functioning, high achieving family and he's, He's a kid who's got some learning struggles, and I think he feels like he's the loser in the family. You know, at any rate, um, one of the messages that I really want you parents to get about self-harming or about cutting is that if you see this in your child, we definitely want to take it seriously. And I know you would. I mean, every most people would take this seriously. But there are some things that you can do. So the first thing is that you want to try and find professional help. And if it were my child, I would, I would move heaven and earth to find a good therapist. Now, we know years, decades and decades of, of research in what makes therapy work. That It's called you know, outcome research. And we know the main, the main factor in good outcome in therapy is the quality of the relationship between the therapist and the client. And so I would say it would, you you really want to do your homework. Ask around, ask your friends, ask your physician. Family docs actually have a lot of connections. Uh, OBGYN have a lot of connections. Get on social media. Ask people who would be good to work with. And, and then take your child. And I, again, I would insist that my child work with somebody if they've been cutting. Uh, because it can lead to more serious problems. Now, what else can you do as a parent? You know, again, cutting like drugs, like any kind of an addiction, it is a form of distancing or staying away from our feelings. So we when we cut, we distance ourselves from our feelings. We cut ourselves off from our feelings. But in the process of distancing ourselves from our feelings, We distance ourselves from others. We distance ourselves from people, including people that love us and want to help us. And so when your child is cutting, they're actually, whether they realize it or not, they're distancing themselves from you. People that cut, addicts as well, they're very lonely. Um, They're kind of on an island by themselves, surrounded by this big ocean of shame. And so one of the things, if your child has been self-harming, is you want to do anything you can to remove that shame and to let them know that they're not on that island by themselves. And so we do that by really anything you can do to draw near to them, to get close to them. Um, It's really important when when we try to draw near to our kids that we don't screw it up By lecturing them or trying to fix things or giving them advice. It's so automatic for us parents to give advice. I'm telling you the last thing somebody wants who, if they're dealing with a lot of shame and a lot of secrets, the last thing they want is advice. They need to feel like you are safe. And so if you give advice, if you try to fix this, it's going to backfire and they will, they're much less likely to talk to you again. So somehow you need to sort of portray your empathy for your child. Empathy is magic. Empathy is healing. Um, I wish I remember who said this, but I heard a man who had been suffering from depression, and he described his wife's response to him as being so healing and helpful. And his quote was, Depression thrives in secrecy, but shrinks in empathy. And so, any kind of empathetic response to your child, or, s- or whomever you love that's, that's self-harming, that's what you're looking for. And it usually actually comes in the form of asking questions and listening closely, and not judging, and again, not lecturing. So I'll tell you again, because it's so important to emphasize this, um, it's not advice, it's not fixing. You don't go in with an agenda, even though you might want you, you have an agenda, you want them to stop or you want to, you want to know what's going on, but you have to kind of go in with no agenda. and when we listen, we try to relate. Um oftentimes, I may say to my kids who are struggling with something, I might relate after I've listened well, I might relate in a way that I've struggled with either the same thing or something similar when I was a kid. Um, Just remember also that when kids are cutting, again, it's because they can't deal with whatever it is that's going on for them. They can't deal with those emotions. And so they stuff them inside, they keep them inside, and they're afraid to talk about it. They're either afraid to talk about it or they just don't know how to talk about it. So sometimes they literally don't have the skills to identify what their feelings are and then to talk about them. But again, it's a skill and and people can learn these skills. Even if you as a parent are not good at this, you can learn these skills. Now, again, you need to be safe enough for them to allow them to get what's on the inside to the outside, to be able to talk about what they're feeling without um, You just need to be safe. Now. When we talk about skills, coping skills, I think the one of the main things that you can do as a parent, again, is sort of teaching them, and the earlier you can do this, the better with your kids, but teaching them how to identify what they're feeling, and then just to talk about it. So there's three sort of key principles that I want you to remember from what we're talking about today. Number one, um, Cutting is almost always done because that person does not have the ability to deal with whatever they're dealing with. And so uh, the first thing you can do is to help get them professional help so that they can learn how to deal with that. Number two is be a safe place for them. So again, no judgment, no advice, no, fixuring, no fixing, no lecturing. You want, you, all you want is them to open up to you. That is the single goal. And then three, teach and encourage your kids to talk about what's going on inside of them. And this last step is just sounds so simple. And, you know, it, it seems like it should be simple to talk about what we're feeling, to identify what our feelings are. But it's so profound. It has such a big impact because once we talk about what's going on inside of us, it, it kind of takes the sting away. It takes the edge away. It makes that pain so much less potent. So I hope this was helpful to you today. Hey, thanks for listening. This is Dr. Todd. And if you would like to move forward with healing yourself and helping to heal your children, I'd like to invite you to the Parenting Made Easy Challenge. It's a free challenge, and it's going to be private and confidential. You don't even have to have your camera on. But I would like to invite you to a free small mini workshop where I'm going to show you some strategies of how to start to heal yourself and your children and your family. This is especially important around the holidays, which is a very stressful time with a lot of heartache, a lot of loneliness, and a lot of stress. So I invite you to sign up. You can click the link inside of the show notes inside the description of this episode and sign up for free, and then you can meet me live so I can show you some strategies of how to get through the holidays and how to start the process of healing your family.